Hello and welcome to this episode of Teachers Talk Tech, a podcast by Cambridge University Press and Assessment for language teachers by language teachers on using technology inside and outside of the classroom. My name is Hayo and our guests today are Mark Pegram, Associate Professor at the University of Western Australia and Andrea Winkler from the Language Research Team at Cambridge University Press and Assessment. Mark, Andrea, welcome to the show. Hi there, great to be here. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Mark, I'm going to start with you today. Um, you've been active in the area of mobile assisted language learning for a long time. What is it that excites you about that? I think mobile devices are opening up all kinds of educational possibilities that we haven't seen previously, including, of course, in the area of XR that we're going to talk about today. Terms that our listeners might be familiar with include AR, augmented reality, and VR, virtual reality. And of course, recently we've had companies talk about the metaverse. Can you just briefly tell us what all of that is about? The easiest way to approach these concepts is by thinking about a simplified version of the reality-virtuality continuum, which Milgram and Cascino came up with in the 90s. So in a simplified version, at one end of the continuum, we'd have reality, somewhere in the middle, we'd have augmented reality, and at the other end, we'd have virtual reality. So it's really a three-point continuum. I'm not going to attempt to define reality, I'll leave that to the philosophers, but somewhere in the middle we do have augmented reality or AR. And what that does is to allow users to remain immersed in the real world while superimposing digital overlays on our perceptions of the world. And I think perhaps an example that many people are familiar with is Pokemon Go, where on the lens of your, or the screen of your smartphone, you see digital Pokemon that are superimposed on your real world environment and you can go and catch them. Then at the far end of the spectrum or the continuum, we have virtual reality or VR, which immerses users in fully digital simulations that effectively replace the real world, at least for a short period of time. So we might think, for example, about gaming environments, which are experienced through headsets. That term extended reality or XR really describes part of this continuum, the part that runs from augmented reality to virtual reality. So one other term that you mentioned is metaverse. Look, it's essentially the idea that in the future, we're going to live in a series of interconnected XR spaces. But really, the idea is a bit vague at the moment, and we'll need to see how it evolves. Andrea, um, you and the research team at CUP, um, are you looking at these technologies at all? And if so, what is some of the potential that you see them having? We are trying to keep up with the latest developments, not, not just in a technological perspective, but also what they mean for language learning and how it can help language learners. So there are a couple of interesting studies and pieces of research that we've come across recently. One of them, which is actually a research review from 2021 by Karajan Anakolu, mentions the importance of AR in vocabulary learning. So they found that across a lot of studies, from children to adults, using AR applications was found to show a greater academic performance in the learners and a better retention of vocabulary. And I was especially fascinated by reading that there were actually some studies with preschool students learning the English alphabet and how AR applications actually led to higher test scores for them. Another one were a few studies on augmented reality picture books. So this is sort of a, an, an enhanced picture book for children. And 
using these picture books actually increase the children's chances of remembering the story's consequences and time and place. The main drive behind both of these, which is that multimodality, so audio and visual materials and other and learning through other senses, is extremely important for all learners and especially for young learners. And augmented reality applications and virtual reality applications and materials are especially good at this. You've mentioned uh, storybooks, uh, you've mentioned vocabulary acquisition. Mark, what other other examples can our listeners think of when uh, they're trying to picture what a classroom that uses AR or VR might look like? So AR can actually be very simple. It can be uh, as simple as multimedia overlays on a static textbook in a classroom. But where it gets really interesting is when students get outside the classroom. And this is where we get situated, embedded, embodied learning, uh, authentic learning, if you like, because students are able to leverage the real world environment and the people in that environment to practice language. So to give you a couple of really quick examples, um, there's a project which has been running uh, in Canada called Explore. It's at the University of Victoria in British Columbia. And the English language campus is overlaid with a virtual French campus. And so what students have to do is to act as personal assistants to an imagined Francophone celebrity visitor. And they practice their spoken French as they carry out tasks on the virtual French campus and help the celebrity out. Or another example uh, is the Torrens Walkabout Trail in Australia, where English learners who are on bridging courses at the University of South Australia follow a walking trail through Adelaide where they are able to see multimedia materials in the appropriate locations where those materials are relevant, but they also create their own multimodal responses to their environment and of course they're practicing language at the same time. So those are a couple of examples of the kinds of really interesting applications of AR that we see in the form of learning trails where students get outside the classroom. What are some of the other pedagogical benefits of these technologies, uh, Andrea, that you have come across in the research or that you've experienced yourself? How it enhances motivation and engagement and just general interest from the students. There are actually quite a lot of research on this as well. It's the authenticity, which is one of the cornerstones of language learning. It's in our principles of language learning framework as well here at Cambridge. And how incredibly important and sometimes very challenging it is for regular language classrooms to expose learners to authentic yet yet interesting and yet uh, materials on the right level, language level for the students. One concern that I know some of our listeners might have as they hear us talking about these technologies is that for some people, this might sound quite complicated. It might sound like something that is quite far removed from their everyday teaching experience. Mark, can you tell us a little bit about how that transition from the theoretical idea to the practical classroom uh, might work? To use trails as an example, there are plenty of freely available public trails that you can access. As one example, there's a company in Singapore called LDR, which makes 
tourist trails of the historical areas. This is the place, I think, to start, to look at existing trails. And there are some educational trails out there as well. The next step is to begin to create your own trails. And there are some very user-friendly authoring tools. We've seen a lot of this actually places around the world that teachers are creating customized trails for their students. And once students have experienced those sorts of trails, they can then use them as a model to create their own trails. And the other thing I would say in this area is if you are just starting out, ask for help because there are lots of people who are beginning to work in this area. My experience has been that the AR and VR communities are very welcoming. So if you put a call out on Twitter, if you do a Google search, you'll certainly find people out there with some expertise who are willing to help you. Uh, I've also experienced that people are very, very generous with their time. And it's just a, a lovely, lovely thing to see in our discipline. Um, Andrea, you, you, you are in, in communication with a lot of teachers, you and your team around the world. Um, have you come across any uh, resources or experiences, communities that are particularly helpful that teachers might draw on? I agree with Mark completely. The importance of community cannot be overstated. One of the places at Cambridge University Press and Assessment for that is the World of Better, Better Learning blog. We like to post writings from different experts on different areas. And so on this topic specifically, we've worked with uh, quite a few experts who've, who've written some really nice things for us. And we'll make sure to include links to those blogs in the, the show notes. Mark, you mentioned earlier briefly students, learners taking learning trails, but I know from your work that you're also very interested in the roles that learners can play in creating uh, their own resources. What, what sorts of roles can learners play in an augmented or virtual reality enhanced classroom? Yeah, well, absolutely. We're seeing some really interesting work being done in this area where students are being asked to use some of these very user-friendly authoring tools to create their own augmented reality artifacts or experiences, and that can then lead to peer teaching. So just as an example of this, um, I was a consultant on a project for Hong Kong Baptist University, which was about trails of integrity and ethics, so TIE is the abbrevi uh, abbreviation. Um, so obviously this is not really about language learning as such. However, interestingly, there was a language learning component. But what happened here was that the decision was made rather than teaching students about this abstract topic of integrity and ethics in a lecture theatre, why not take them on a walking trail across the campus, take them to locations where ethical dilemmas might actually arise, and then in groups they could address those and then later reflect on what they'd come up with. Um, what was done by a number of lecturers at Hong Kong Baptist University and other universities that were working together with them was that once students had experienced one or two of these trails, they were asked to come up with their own ethical dilemmas. And so they would storyboard them, they would make a little video about them, and the lecturers could then collect those together into learning trails on particular topics with particular focus areas and so on. So, I mean, that's a pretty simple example. It was interesting actually um, with that project that all of the authoring was done in PowerPoint. So very easy for the lecturers, very easy for the students. Um, but once students have seen a model or two, they can definitely create learning stations themselves. Um, that gives them some real input into the learning process. And of course, for future cohorts of students, it means that they're coming across materials created by their peers, essentially. Um, and that can be really good in terms of engagement and interest. Andrea, if you are going to give our audience one 
piece of advice, um, what would it be? Take it slow, so no need to go for the sky just yet. Um, again, as, as a former teacher myself, I know how overwhelming all these digital innovations can be, and it might feel that you just you just can't even touch it. But you can. There are, as as we've mentioned before, there are lots of communities to help you. There are loads of resources to help you. But if you just take one step at a time, choose just one class or even one group or just a task or a subtask that you decide to include an AR application in. Indeed. Don't always try to structure it too rigidly. You might well be surprised by what your students and you yourself come up with if you are willing to experiment. Exactly. Mark, what is your golden nugget? I would definitely echo what Andrea has just said. I think taking things one step at a time is a great way to go. I would also say think about XR from a pedagogical point of view rather than a technological point of view. I mean, what's important in education is not what we can do technologically. What's important is what we can do pedagogically. I think at the moment as a society, and I mean as a global society, we are facing a looming attentional crisis. We're hearing a lot of discussion nowadays about distraction, information overload, misinformation, disinformation, and so on. And I think educators have a role to play here in being part of these debates, but also in balancing the use of the analog and the digital when it comes to our teaching. So I think it's great to explore these technologies. I think there are definitely major pedagogical advantages, but we don't have to do everything technologically. And I think finding that balance point, talking to students about when to switch off, uh, focusing on digital and mobile wellness, it's great to do some things with XR and other emerging technologies, but we don't have to do everything with those technologies. And we do want to find a balance point, I think, between the digital and the analog. Well said. Mark, Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening and check out the other conversations of the Teachers Talk Tech podcast by Cambridge University Press and Assessment.